Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, someone's got the bit between his teeth this weekend. It was a dominant display in free practice one and free practice two from you know who, Max Verstappen. After last weekend, he has definitely come back with, let's say, a little bit more fire in his belly. If that was even possible, normal service is resumed. I wouldn't be surprised if if this is one of those ones where it's FP3 qualifying, wins by 30 seconds, laps half the field, and then GP on the radio at the end says... Oh, I don't know. Max and Max replies, uh, "Yes, mate, that was a quiet one." Uh, and he's like, "I can almost hear it already because they look dominant." I'm joined by Sam Hall today on our Friday podcast. He's back, and it's good to uh, good to see you on screen. Good to have you in the headphones as well, Sam. To talk about FP1, FP2. Were you ha- first question? Have you been awake for all of it? Because it was a three thirty start for FP1. Um, yeah, I have been awake for all of it as probably the black lines under my eyes that listeners cannot see, fortunately. They give it away. I've been awake through the night and will be across the weekend. Voluntarily, I must add. Let's talk a little bit about Max Verstappen and Red Bull. As I talked about with the guys on the Sunday podcast, Suzuka, much more conventional track, get that ride high back in that sweet spot. Red Bull can work the magic with that floor. Is that how you're reading why the speed has returned this weekend? Singapore just did not play to the strengths of that Red Bull at all. Almost almost like Monaco doesn't really either. They couldn't get the floor to work. They took a new floor to Singapore, couldn't get that to work, so they didn't run it. They put it on the car this weekend and it's working. Easier for them to get the ride height right this weekend. The corners suit the car so much better. And it it's just like Silverstone Suzuka, really. So you've got left-right corners, all higher speed. And Red Bull was utterly dominant there. So it's not going to be any different here. And if they outscore Mercedes by 24 points, I think they've got to extend their, their points gap by one. And then they will win the Constructors' Championship this weekend. So dominant, so focused. Max Verstappen was asked earlier in the week what he thinks about Formula One fans, who some of the fans enjoyed last time out when we saw a different battle for the lead. And his reply is, I don't think about what is good for F1. I mean, that in that one sentence from Max, I don't think about what is good for F1. Why would he? Why would he think, oh, I'm a bit too dominant this year. I hope Formula One's okay. Like, that's his job. That's what he's been trained for his whole life, for that role. And he's executing it so, so well. Anything else on Red Bull that uh, that you want to bring up on the show today? You said it at the start, he was utterly dominant. It's He, he came out of the pits with soft tyres on, bang, did his lap. Okay, that's me done. I'm I'm fastest by a country mile. Um, he ended the session only three tenths quicker, and it's it's amazing that we're saying only three tenths. If this was any other year, we'd be going that's that's miles ahead. But because of the scale of his dominance this year, we're saying that's nothing. Charles Leclerc in second, and Lando Norris just behind. So I mean. I'll segue into the bit that you're probably going to mention next, the battle for second, because it is a battle for second. Ferrari, Mercedes, McLaren. You know, McLaren have got the new bits. Piastri has 
got the new, you know, more new bits this weekend. Ferrari are coming off our oh, fantastic win and two poles in a row for science. Russell looked quicker, but how are you reading the battle for second? Anyone's game, really. Ferrari seemed the best placed team in that battle, but Lando Norris is just a constant thorn in their side. And when Oscar Piastri can hook a lap together, he's up there as well. So predominantly Ferrari against McLaren for P2 to P6, really. Checo Perez over a second slower than Max and in P9. I think Ferrari will just edge McLaren, but it's only just. And what a turnaround that is from McLaren this season. Um, you're right, George. But all the drivers, by the way, were running the test tires um, today. They were all doing doing work in FP1 and FP2. It was a new medium tire that's going to be used for next year. Um, so we won't see that for the rest of the weekend. But Lewis, he went out just after George for his first soft tire run, and was massively slower. And then the gap was kind of the same again. And when he went out for his second run on the same set of tyres I'll add and he could only do P14 but it's so close I think we're saying three tenths is nothing for Max to be leading by it's about a three tenth gap from Fernando Alonso and George Russell in fifth and sixth down to Lewis in 14th three four tenths that so imagine Q2 tomorrow where any driver could get knocked out and any driver could make it through if they avoid traffic, if they hook it up right. Am I right in thinking that Ferrari seemed the closest to closing down Red Bull? Yes, Charles Leclerc especially seems on it this weekend. I don't know if, well, he probably does think he's got a point to prove against Carlos, who's, he's got the win. That's what every Ferrari driver is there to do, or every driver, let's just put it that way, is there to do. You don't want to get beaten by your teammate. Um, Carlos Sainz was second in... FP1, they are such a close driver pairing. Um, but yeah, Ferrari, they are the team that if Max slips, it will be a Ferrari driver, I think, that will take advantage. Ferrari also bringing a chunky upgrade package, actually. New floor, uh, new floor edges, new underfloor. That all affects the diffuser at the back as well. And so that could well do pretty well around Suzuka. The McLaren upgrades, actually, that we saw last time out, a lot of them with Lando, uh, will probably do well this weekend too. I think Suzuka will suit the McLaren upgrades. Let's talk a little bit about that, that kind of that battle, actually, that's going on between McLaren and Aston Martin. Now, you might not think that there is a battle happening there, given that Aston are fourth in the championship with 217 points and McLaren back on 139 but there seems to be a bit of wind in the sails at McLaren pace is good upgrades are coming to the car if you missed the news this week they locked down Piastri to the end of 2026 what a vote of confidence he's only going to be 25 when that contract expires at the end of 2026 so all of the momentum seems to be behind McLaren. Now, they're a fair way back to Aston Martin, but is it possible that they could actually swap places by the time we get to the chequered flag in Abu Dhabi and McLaren could actually somehow beat Aston Martin in the constructors? It's going to be so, so close. Obviously, including this weekend, we've got seven races left. And you've also got to factor in the fact that we've got sprint races as well left. 
So there's more points up for grabs than simply the 25-26 if you include the fastest lap point per weekend. McLaren 78 points back, 11.1 points they have to make up each race on average to close this gap and overturn it. If you look at current form, Aston Martin, the last Grand Prix in Singapore, was their first race they haven't scored a point. And when you think you've got Red Bull, you've got Ferrari and Mercedes hoovering up points, it's very, very difficult to make up 11 points on anyone across a weekend. So I reckon they might just do it because the level of development they've got. And you wouldn't keep making these developments if you'd given up on that. This one might come back to haunt me in Abu Dhabi, but I think McLaren will just do it. Lots to talk about in the Alpha Tauri seat this weekend, and but not too much to talk about in the sort of silly season post-summer. Everyone is locked in for 2024. Williams' second seat is up for grabs this weekend in the paddock. People talking Filippi Drogovic, possibly for that to partner Alex Albon next year. And AlphaTauri still haven't told us, well, a couple of things, who they'll be next year. The AlphaTauri sponsorship disappears. And so they've said, well, we're not going to be, we won't call ourselves Toro Rosso, but what will we call ourselves? So Red Bull have got a big decision to make there. And a big decision on on who to put in those two seats. Now, it seems that this weekend, there there seems to have been a resurgence of all the chatter around Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo in those two seats next year. We thought we might see Daniel Ricciardo back racing this weekend, but certainly not, which would leave Liam Lawson out in the cold. And then what do, what do Red Bull do with him? Do they do a deal with Williams to get him into that second seat? There's not too much to talk about in terms of silly season, is there? But I guess we've just got the Alpha Tauri and Williams discussion to have. What are your thoughts, Sam? I would like to see Lawson in a seat wherever it may be. I think he deserves it. His performance, in Singapore especially, scoring a point or scoring the team's best finish of the season to do that and then not have a drive the next year. We do expect that Yuki Tsunoda will be in that seat for next season and probably joined by Daniel Ricciardo as well, um, which does beg the question, do they loan out? Liam Lawson to, as you've already mentioned, Felipe Drogovic being linked with Williams, do you loan out Lawson to Williams, similar to what they've done with Alex Albon? I don't think Lawson's in F1 next year. I I think he's going to miss out. Red Bull have already said he'll be kept busy no matter what. I think the quote is he'll have plenty on his plate with the team next year if he misses out on the AlphaTauri seat. So... Even Liam, you can see him around the paddock when he's been talking about or asked about his future. Do you have a seat for next year? Is there a chance? He's very non-committal on it, and he doesn't <laughs> look—he doesn't look like someone that's wanting to say yes. He looks looks like all he wants to do is say no. I haven't got a chance. Yeah. It'll be a shame if he misses out though, because it, we've seen what he can do behind the wheel, and I don't think this would be a Nick Devry case of you've just got a car that happens to be in the sweet spot at the right time and situations have just flourished for you. Um, And then, obviously, we saw what happened with him this year. I I think Lawson is a a proper driver, um, possibly underestimated driver. Interesting. Well, with Oscar Piastri signed up long-term at McLaren. A lot of these kind of young drivers are getting signed up for long-term contracts. I'm sure Red Bull would love to have a driver like Oscar Piastri on their books where they've got a 
the chance to have another great young driver, Liam Lawson, at a time when, you know, we have said over the last couple of years, actually, that sort of young driver programmer at Red Bull was just looking a little bit less robust than it has for such a long time because it was so good. Look at the drivers that came through. Right, we can't wait to find out what happens in qualifying and then the Grand Prix on Sunday afternoon. Of course, you and the team will be there on autosport.com to keep us all fully updated. We can't wait to read all the coverage that you guys do, as always, brilliantly online on the website. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today and we'll catch you on the next one. Podcast Network.